Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Charlene. I am glad you are going to listen to this podcast today. Have you found out that there is another person in your spouse's life? May I teach you one vital key to marriage restoration. Your spouse or the other person are not your enemies. I know you may have been shocked that your husband or wife has another person in their life. You never thought that they would ever do that. I know those feelings, I remember those feelings, and I can tell you that God is right there with you, and he is never going to leave you or forsake you, and he is going to guide you through this pain and suffering that you're going through. The other person is not the enemy, and even though they look like your enemy and sound like your enemy and may talk like they want you gone, we've got to remember what it says in Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And God gave that to me because I was blaming Bob. I was blaming the other person. And the Lord took me to verse 12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, and you must have it right now, that you know your spouse is acting strange in your marriage, or may not be coming home, or may be saying they want to separate or get divorced, any of those signs, or they're sleeping in another bedroom, that is a huge warning sign, something is going on. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth. And we put on the full armor of God. And you can read that in Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. God gave me a scripture at the beginning when I found out there was another person in Bob's life in Hosea. And you can read the book of Hosea. It's a very short book in the Bible. And you can read about Hosea and Gomer. And Hosea was becoming the standard, and he was praying against um, his wife being unfaithful. And it says in Hosea 2, 5 and 7, which is very popular for men and women, their mother had been unfaithful. And this is talking, I'm in the middle of uh, about the children. Their mother had been unfaithful and had conceived them in disgrace. She said, I will go after my lovers who gives me my food and my water, my wool and my linen, my olive oil and my drink. Therefore, I will block her path with thorn bushes. I will wall her in so that she cannot find her way. She will chase after her lovers, but not catch them. She will look for them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will go back to my husband as at first, for then I was better off than now. And that is a scripture that you can take and personalize it for husbands or wives. But this is an awesome scripture in Hosea where Hosea was the standard and he was praying 
that his wife would leave the unfaithfulness of adulterous lifestyle. Adultery is in Genesis to Revelation. There is talk about adultery in the Bible. Sin is tempting your spouse. And number one, it's unhealthy thinking. In Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 to 8, it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, and the one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And we need to understand at the very beginning that there is you and there's your spouse. And the spouse has been tempted to live an unchristlike life, a sinful nature. They may not ever have known the Lord Jesus Christ. They may have gone astray as a Christian. They may have stopped reading the Bible, stopped having that personal relationship of praying each day, and the devil tempted them. And the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy, as it says in John 10.10. But God has come to give us abundant life, and he does not want us to go through the trials and tribulations, but he allows it as it shows that in Job chapter 1, Satan was saying, you have a hedge around Job and I cannot touch him. And God said, I will remove the hedge. And you can read in chapters 1 and 2 what happened to Job in his life. God created marriage. And my prayer for your marriage is that the other person will go back to their own covenant marriage. That is what you and I need to pray for each and every day. It's something that you want to pray regularly about because this other person is an intruder. It's not from Jesus. They are coming in to steal, kill, and destroy your husband or wife and getting them to live an unchrist lifestyle. They've opened the door to this that is wrong, and we want to close that door. We want to shut that door of temptation to be gone. Uh, and that's you praying and standing in the gap for your husband or wife to have that temptation, that lustful thoughts to be gone out of their life. I know the pain that you're going through and knowing that if this is the weekend that your husband or wife is going to be out with the other person because they do not have their children, I clocked it and I knew what that weekend was. My husband always told me in addition but I would pray against that weekend that, that they would not end up being together, that Bob would have to go to work or she would have to have the children and would have to cancel her going up to see Bob. Our prayers are effective, and we just need to pray for God's perfect will to be done and to block and stop this ungodly relationship and all the activities that go with it. And there's nothing wrong that we do not want to curse them. We just want to pray for God's perfect will to be done. And his perfect will is for her or him to be gone out of your spouse's life. It is committing adultery. And in Proverbs six thirty-two, it says, a man who commits adultery lacks judgment. Whoever does so destroys himself. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what the nature desires. Verse 7 says, The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So we've got to understand your spouse, 
once they've opened that door to living an unchrist lifestyle or living a, the sinful nature, they have, are walking away from God, and there is a tug of war going on. And visualize it. I visualized it frequently when I was praying for Bob, that there was the enemy at one side, and there was the Holy Spirit on the other, and they were pulling a tug of war of what Bob was going to do. Was he going to surrender back and, and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ because of us praying and, and praying that we block and sever this ungodly relationship? Or was the devil going to entice him into the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the world? We've got to understand that Bob has a free will and we know that the Holy Spirit is living in him and he is playing with fire. And I was praying frequently every time the Lord brought Bob's name to my mind or him to my mind, I would pray a short prayer. And I believe that they were effective. It doesn't have to be all long prayers. But I can remember when Bob came to my house one Saturday night, I had my robe on and I was in the uh, dining room table and I had a stack of bills trying to figure out how I was going to pay all the bills. And he came up with a gray suit on and a pink dress shirt that I had never seen him with a pink dress shirt. And he came all dressed up and he says, I wanted to drop off the child support payment and I'm in town and I just thought I would do it right now before I go out to a concert. And he's all dressed up. And I said, come on in and see the kids and let's talk for a few minutes. And he goes, oh no, I got my girlfriend in the car. They were going to a Christian concert that he always used to take me to. And it was just like stabbing me with a knife in my heart as he was explaining everything to me. And I had to shut the door and say, okay, have a great time. And um, I said, and I can't remember exactly what I said, but I'm sure I said, I wish you had called me and taken me and we could have had a friendly visit because I wanted him to know that I still wanted to go out with him. But anyway, the bottom line was that night I stopped paying the bills and I went into praying and pleading with the Lord to block and stop any activities that night. And then they would have Holy Spirit conviction of remembering all the times we were there at that same concert and that he would have not a good time because he would have the Holy Spirit conviction from the Lord of the guilt and shame, what he was doing. So we need to understand that when the Lord gives you opportunity to know what they're doing and praying for them, we need to pray that they would have the Holy Spirit speak to them continuously, to have Holy Spirit conviction, to turn their heart back to the Lord and then back to their family. Until their heart gets touched by the Holy Spirit, they are living in the flesh. They're walking in the flesh, and they are not thinking about the Lord right now. They have opened the door, and until they shut that door of unchristlike lifestyle, they're being tempted each and every day throughout the day. Matthew 15, verses 18 to 20 is a good example of this that it says in the Bible. Verse 18 starts, But the things that come out of the mouth comes from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, 
false testimony, slander, these are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hand does not make him unclean. In Matthew 15, verse 8, it says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Right now, they're really living a double lifestyle. Your spouse may be an in-home prodigal, and they're living a double life. Bob lived a double life for a while until he decided finally that he had to leave. And when he was so blatant about going out, I said, if you're going to be blatant about it, you can just go on and leave if you're going to keep living a double lifestyle, and I have to approve it right now. Now, I would never do that unless you feel the Holy Spirit is telling you to do that. It's much better if they're home than, and still be in their home and with their children, and God can woo them there. But I didn't know all this, that I, what I'm teaching, so I got very upset, and I kicked him out of the house because of my righteous anger, which was not too righteous at that moment. But I was just saying, I just can't watch you go out the house and date in front of me. So we've got to learn that God hates adultery. And it's one of the Ten Commandments. And it says in Exodus 20, verse 14, you shall not commit adultery. So it's breaking a commandment. Adultery is sin. And we just want to understand that people right now are whitewashing adultery in our land. They call them affairs, and it's like it's normal to have an affair before you even leave the house, or you have an affair with a co-worker. And I'm saying we don't call these normal. We call what God calls it sin. I would strongly suggest that when you find out you have marriage problems or there may be another person in your husband or wife's life, you have suspicions of that, I would say do not go after them, do not follow them, and go checking all their emails. I've heard all what you can do and how you can have confrontations at the girlfriend or the boyfriend's house and how that even people can get arrested due to this. So I'm saying you don't do those things. If your husband or wife has another person, you do not confront them. You ask the Lord to open a doorway that you are supposed to do it. Otherwise, we're going to pray that they be removed by the power of the Holy Spirit and break off all ungodly relationships. This may be one of many of different relationships that they may have while you're going through this separation or divorce or that they're in home and they're testing the waters outside. You do not know how the enemy is deceiving them, and we don't want to have um, it be where you're fighting and arguing with them. Um, God is greater if by you praying that they block all their meetings. I know when one such circumstance, I was knowing that Bob was going to be seeing um, the other woman, and that was her weekend up there, and I prayed that she would not show up, and it would be canceled, and so forth, and her garage door broke, and it kept hitting the car that she was, she was trying to leave to go to meet Bob for the weekend, and she had to end up canceling it because she couldn't get 
of the garage people to come and fix it to get up there to meet Bob. So God has a multitude of different ways of blocking and severing relationships. The other person was up at Bob's place, and he was at work, and she said that the secret notebook that he had of different dates he had and different phone calls from me, which she has been told that I was not in his life at all, it fell out of his closet. And he told me later, there's no way that could have fallen out of the closet. So I knew that she was there at my place for the weekend while I was working off and on, And she started hunting in my place to find out what was going on in my life. And and they broke up that weekend for a season because she found out all the different things he was doing with other women and dating other women up there as well as I was going up there to visit him. So never doubt what God can do. I was blessed one time to have a personal meeting with the other person. And it came very unexpectedly, and I'll tell you about it now, because I pray that you will pray that if you're supposed to speak to that other person or you're ever to meet them, that you will love them, not as an enemy. But it says, love your enemies, bless those who persecute you. Romans 12, verses 9 to 21 is an awesome section of Romans 12 about love, and it is a great part that you could read regularly to get it from your head to your heart, that you will learn to bless those, verse 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited, verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Now, you may be tempted. You may be very upset with your husband or wife, and you're going to be tempted to say or do things. And this is where we have a CD or MP3 of how to love your spouse unconditionally. And if you have not heard it, or have it, I would strongly recommend it, because that is what the Lord told me from the very beginning. I had to turn the other cheek, go the extra mile. I hated Bob. I hated the other person, and I lived the anger, the justification, and I was wrong, and the Lord told me I was wrong, and then he took me through how to love my husband unconditionally. So, It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It doesn't say except if somebody's committing adultery. It says, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There is victory in so many verses here that you can walk in unconditional love and do not repay evil for evil. 
And if we can get this memorized and your heart receives it and understands it, you are going to be able to walk in victory and not be wounded and have a hardened heart regarding the other person because the Lord is going to have to deal with that other person. That other person cannot be removed only by the Holy Spirit removing that other person. You can try it physically and do a multiple of things, but it could tear up a relationship with your spouse, and it could cause hardship that your husband or wife will get mad at you, and you can try the children to do things and spy, but we've got to leave the kids out of it and tell them to treat her or him properly and pray that they don't have to go to their house overnight. Pray that they're not around them a lot. You can do a lot in the prayer closet. And my children were blessed um, that they didn't go as much as that they could have. And Bob did not keep the kids overnight, and that spared them having to have that exposure with her. So God does intervene, and we've just got to keep praying for God to take revenge, God to move on the situation. And one instance I will share today is that Bob called me up on a Sunday afternoon. He asked if I could meet her that night. I said, I'm going to church. If she wants to meet me at church and sit with me, she's more than welcome, and I'll go out afterwards. So that is what we ended up doing, and I ended up going to a restaurant, and I talked to her about her crisis with her children. We prayed about her children being returned that night, and I was able to say to her face lovingly that I, what I was doing of praying for my husband to come home and that I did not expect that they would ever get married as she was planning a wedding. I said, I am praying that your wedding will never come to pass as Bob will come back and we'll get remarried. So I just wanted you to know you may have an opportunity to be able to speak unconditional love to her. And I I said to her, I'm praying for your marriage to get restored. And she says, well, I don't want it restored. I said, but God does. And so I was able to tell her that. And there may be times that you might be able to say to the other person, I'm praying for you and your family. And, and if you can, that's great, you know, but and that's what we want to do. We want to pray for them to have the Holy Spirit speak to them and that they have a Damascus Road experience where they realize they need to go back home and have their heart and life changed. I failed my husband. And I don't know if the Lord's revealed to you of areas you have failed your spouse, but I failed my husband as I did not uh, use his love languages. And I don't know if you have read Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages, but if you haven't, I would strongly suggest it. And there's also one for the children's love languages that you could get also, which would be great for you to know your children's love languages as well as your spouse. And you may be loving your spouse by your love languages and not by their love languages. Pray for your husband or wife, or if you have a prodigal child, teenager, young adult, to have godly sorrow. That is one thing that I prayed for regularly. That is a scripture that I found and I learned that we need to pray for them to have godly sorrow, to turn their hearts back to the Lord, and that they have godly sorrow for what they're doing and living an unchrist-like style. 
In 2 Corinthians 7.10, it says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. So we want to pray for your spouse and the other person to have godly sorrow which brings repentance. That is so powerful, Scripture, that leads to their salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow only brings death. And the other scripture that I put down for this also is Psalm 119, verse 28. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. And there's a lot of times that your husband or the other person will have Holy Spirit conviction and they are depressed or discouraged about their life. And we're just going to pray that they will want to turn to the word of the Lord, that they want to cry out to God for help for the mess that they have made of their life. Do you have a favorite time to pray? Do you like to pray in a special room or do you go outside to have your quiet time? Do you pray the Psalms as like Psalm 51 where David had committed adultery with Bathsheba and had Uriah killed in battle? That is an excellent scripture to pray and personalize the scriptures with you and your spouse's name in them. Another psalm that is frequently I recommend is Psalm 91, which will give you peace in the midst of your trials and tribulations. I strongly suggest, if you're new to our website, when you read the Bible, that you would journal any special scriptures that seem to leap off the page or literally as an answer to one of your prayers. And God does speak to you. You can be reading in the Old Testament or in the New. And literally, one of your prayers you've been crying out, the Lord will answer your prayers, often in one of your scriptures that you're reading. May I suggest another safety for yourself, that if you uh, work in the business world, that you will make a rule that you will try not to eat with the opposite sex at lunchtime at work, um, as it can give the appearance of evil. If anybody sees you, that they know you, they uh, could think it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend, that you are, are divorced or separated now, and they could look to think that is that you've already started dating. After Bob came home, Bob and I made it a rule that he would not drive uh, the opposite sex, a woman, in his car um, unless he had a third person. Bob was a pastor and head of a ministry, and he knew that if he had another woman in the car, that anybody could assume about anything, and we don't want to have anybody take an assumption And so we, even with me at where I worked at the doctor's office, um, I always drove my own car. If I had a business meeting and we met at a restaurant, I would always drive my own car and not uh, with somebody else. So you every day have to choose to love your husband or wife and the other person unconditionally, regardless of what they're daily lifestyle is and of what they may be planning to do in the future or what you hear your children are doing on weekends with them. We need to forgive them. Otherwise, you're going to be building up a wall of unforgiveness 
and anger and bitterness, and we are going to be the ones that are going to be changing. And I had to keep forgiving and erasing all of what they're doing and not be jealous and think, why aren't they doing it with me and my children? And I did think that and, the, and would almost have ruined that whole weekend of knowing where Bob would, had taken the children. Learn from my mistakes. We need to say, Lord, what will I do this weekend that will be special for me and you or special that I could help somebody else or invite somebody to go out to dinner, have somebody come over to the house, that they're going through a difficult time. And we've got to stop thinking about me, 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 and think of others, of how I can, when I don't have the children, I can do something different and special. So that is really what we need to be careful, that if we don't want to dwell on what your husband or wife is doing with that other person, we've got to conquer the flesh, by choosing to love your spouse unconditionally, regardless of their daily lifestyle. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. 1 Peter 4, 8. You and I are to live a Christ-like life. We are to be examples and radiating the Lord each and every day we see our husbands or wives when they're not home living with you. Anytime that they call you about a difficult subject or anything else, we want to ask the Holy Spirit right then when they call and you hear them on the phone to give you the answers what you need to do, that you will not get upset and that you will not react on the phone and that you'll have time to pray about it afterwards and tell them you have to pray about it. And then think about asking God what he wants you to do on a lot of big subjects that they may bring up and try to discuss over the phone. We want to keep peace in our relationship with them, that they see that we are changing and that we're praying for them to be totally transformed as we have had so many things happen. I totally changed and Bob could see the difference. So I'm just going to ask you to continue to pray for the other person in your spouse's life, not as the enemy, but as the person that needs the Lord and needs to go back to their spouse and family. That is our heart's desire. That's God's heart's desire. And we're just going to pray for all marriages to be restored and rebuilt on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. The final thought that I will give you today is that I had many times that the other person was going with Bob to my in-laws who happened to live literally on the opposite corner of our street. And so they could look out their back window and see our front door and see anything. And of course, that was a great asset for Bob's parents to see their grandchildren always playing in their front yard and doing things, riding bikes all their life. But when it came to the other person, they now allowed the other person to come in their house. And I went down after one experience of that. I asked them to refuse her to come to the house. And they said, we couldn't possibly do that because that would be rejecting Bob. And we can't reject Bob and hurt him. So I made many mistakes uh, with the other person that I hope in all of our writings that it will help you not to do all the things I did to stir up the anger with my husband before I learned that I had to understand she was not my enemy. It was Satan that was doing all of this. So may you and I pray daily 
that all the other persons will be removed from all of our RMM family's lives forever. And I pray for all marriages that are having marriage problems that they would all have a heart to turn back to their home and work on their marriage. Lord, I thank you for this standard that heard this podcast. And it's hard to hear about the other person. It's very painful. But Lord, may we realize that the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy our joy, our hope, our faith. And Lord, I just ask that you would touch this standard to increase their faith, hope, and trust that you, Lord, are going to sever, cut, and destroy all ungodly relationships that their spouse may have. And we pray that you will do it quickly and suddenly. I pray that your spouse will have Holy Spirit conviction from the Lord speaking to them over and over that they need to sever this relationship. They need to go back home and work on their marriage. So Lord, we just continue to pray that you will move the mountains and melt them like wax. We pray that you will take all these circumstances and that they will be gone in the name of Jesus. That you will change the circumstances around. That as the standard praise for the exact circumstances that they're facing, that you will turn them around to good. I pray that this spouse will have unconditional love for their husband and wife, regardless of what they're doing, that they will ask the Holy Spirit to speak to them and love them unconditionally as they go through the trials and tribulations, and that they would be on top of the circumstances and not underneath. Lord, you're the one that can give them the strength and the hope and the encouragement to go through this, and you can guide them, and you will never leave them and forsake them. So, Lord, I just pray blessings upon their, their marriage. I pray blessings upon their um, separation and, or divorce, that it would be restored suddenly and quickly, that they would start dating or start seeing each other and start realizing that they made a big mistake in getting divorced. Lord, we pray there would be no other person come into this marriage and try to steal the love of a couple that needs to be uh, rebuilt and restored, rekindled and reignited. We pray that you would touch this couple and you would speak to them both individually about getting back together again and about restoring their marriage and rebuilding it by the going to church and having their children go to church and having you be first in their heart, in their life. And we'll just give you the praise and the glory of all that you're going to do in rebuilding and reigniting their love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I hope you walked away with some scriptures that you can use as you're praying, not only for your spouse, but for the other person that may be in your spouse's life. I wanted to let you know about one of the resources that can also help you on our website. If you visit prayer resources, you can find a printable document titled three ways to pray for the other person in your spouse's life and it may not seem like something you should do praying for the other person you may be filled with hatred for them but you can actually pray for them as you heard about today so check out that resource you can visit rejoiceministries.org and under prayer resources find it there 
If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.